Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 2nd, and our chapter reading for today is Exodus chapter 7. The stage has been set. Now comes the confrontation with Pharaoh and all of the magicians and leaders and the priests of Egypt. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs, my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. God had set the stage with Moses and Aaron for this great confrontation. Now, it's interesting that the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Both phrases are mentioned. Well, which is it? Yes. Again, yes. Because, you see, Pharaoh had already hardened his heart against the children of Israel. He did not like them. As a matter of fact, he hated them. He wanted them to be in bondage and to be slaves so that he could build his cities with this free labor. And he did not like the children of Israel at all. He was the original anti-Semite, and he was against the Jewish people. He was against the Hebrews, and so he wanted to keep them in bondage. But it's interesting that God hardened his heart, and the Bible says God will harden whom he will. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Who are you and I who are nothing more than ants in relationship to God? Say to the one who made us, you don't have a right to do this or it's unfair to do that. God can do anything he desires within his own nature. And God can harden someone's heart. And if he does harden their heart, he has a good reason to do that. And we may not know it on this earth, but it's obvious with Pharaoh, God allowed his heart to be hardened, and then God hardened that heart. Because you see, when you turn away from God and you don't hear the voice of God, there is a hardness that sets in, even for those of us who are walking with God. When we disobey God, it brings a numbness to our soul. And this is why when we disobey God and we don't do what he wants us to do, then it's easier to disobey God the next time and then the 
the next time and then the next time. And that blister that was so tender to begin with becomes callous. And this is why the Bible talks about harden not your heart as they did in the wilderness. This is what the children of Israel did. But the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart and God hardened his heart. So both were participating in this. And so God allowed Pharaoh's heart to get harder and harder and harder. Why? Because God wanted to prove something. God wanted to show the Egyptians and wanted to show Moses and Aaron and all of the people that it was not Moses and Aaron's persuasiveness that God was going to use to bring the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage in answer to the covenant that he made with Abraham 400 years earlier, but God was going to do it through judgments and bring judgment upon the hard heart of Pharaoh that had enslaved his people. God doesn't like slavery. God doesn't like for someone to lord it over someone else. Among his people, God would not allow anyone, even through the hardness of the people's hearts, God would not allow any of his people to be slaves over seven years, even if they got themselves in debt and had to sell themselves. Then after seven years, they had to release them. You see, God has a plan in all of this, but he has to deal with the hardness of our hearts. This is why when we get into the law and we get into the book of Exodus and Leviticus, even more, you will read about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Well, that doesn't mean that if if someone knocks out your tooth, you've got to. You're bound to knock out their tooth. Someone puts out your eye, you are bound to put out their eye. No, that's prohibitive. In other words, God said all you can do is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, why would he say that? Because it is in our very nature. If someone strikes us, we try to kill them. We try to hurt them. Uh, if someone knocks a tooth out, we won't knock their head off. If someone cuts an ear off, we want to cut their head off. You see, this is the very sinful nature of man. And so God is dealing with the sinful heart of Pharaoh. And he wanted to show his people that he was able to bring them out and that no man could talk Pharaoh into this. And it surely wasn't going to be by the goodness of Pharaoh's heart. And so the Bible says, then Moses and Aaron did just as God said. And this is verse 6. Verse 7 says, And Moses was 80 years old. He was the younger of the two brothers. And Aaron was 83 years old when he spoke to Pharaoh. Now this ought to encourage our hearts. When we get to Joshua and Caleb, it ought to encourage our hearts that Caleb in his 80s said, I want this mountain that God promised to me. And he conquered that mountain. It's the land of Judah and the tribe of Judah. It's Hebron, which was his heritage and his inheritance. But he wasn't just sitting around at 80 years old. And so here is Moses, 80 years old, Aaron. 83, and God has them on assignment. Aren't you glad that God can use us when we get older? Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, when Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, show a miracle for yourselves. In other words, he's going to want to see a sign because this is the way that in the ancient world, you prove that there was a divine intervention. 
So he said, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it became a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. And then Pharaoh called the wise men, the sorcerers and the magicians, and they had the same trick, is what Pharaoh thought. And so Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. God knew what they would do, because these magicians, satanic as they were, demonic as they were, they were performing these stunts and tricks, and God knew they would do that. By the way, he has Satan under his thumb. He can allow him to do whatever he does, and when he says that's enough, then it's enough. So why was he doing this? He was in the process of letting Pharaoh, as you let a horse have its head when it goes to the barn, where you can knock it in the head and it'll continue to run toward the barn. Anybody that's been around horses know that. Well, what God was doing was giving Pharaoh his head, and so he was headed in one direction, and so God just stoked the fire. Verse 14, so the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out the water, and you shall stand by the river bank to meet him. And the rod which was turned to a serpent, you shall take in your hand, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness." They may worship me in the wilderness, but indeed until now you would not hear. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die. The river shall stink, and the Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river." Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, over the pools of water, that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in buckets of wood and in pitchers of stone. In other words, God turned all the water unto blood, and Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded. So he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river in the side of Pharaoh and the side of his servants. And the waters that were in the river turned to blood. And the fish that were in the river died. The river stank. I love that word. And the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So there was blood throughout all the land. Then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them. As the Lord had said, and Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither was his heart moved by this. Pharaoh's heart was hard. So the Egyptians dug all around the river for water to drink because they could not drink. In other words, they had to go to the wells, deep wells, and seven days passed, and the Lord struck the river. You see, God had a plan, and sometimes it is hard for us to see where God is going with something. I can't even tell you how many times people have said, well, I just don't believe God acts like this. I just don't believe that. How could God allow something like this to happen? 
You see, God doesn't see things as we do. He is doing something that's far beyond many times what our human eyes can see. What is he teaching us? He's teaching us to trust him. He's teaching us to be patient. Let God have his work. Now, you say, well, how does that work out practically? Well, I can tell you as a pastor for well into 40 years now, I can remember over and over again, not only in the people that have pastored my own life, many times when God's trying to do something in our children's lives or in our friends' lives or someone that we're praying for, many times God will try to get their attention and we'll try to relieve their suffering that God is aligned to come in their life to get their attention. Many times when a child is wayward and they get into trouble, what's the first thing we do? Well, helicopter parents will go immediately. They'll bail out a child. They'll do whatever they have to do to make sure that they've been wronged and poor little thing. We're not going to let them suffer whatsoever. And sometimes we've made it so easy for our friends and our children and those whom God's trying to get their attention that we've been praying, God, get their attention, whatever it takes. And then when God does something, we try to relieve them so that they won't have to suffer any. And many times it's in suffering and in hardship and hardness that God will do his greatest work. All I'm saying is God was getting Pharaoh's attention. But the people of Israel, the Hebrews, were very impatient. They wanted it yesterday. God's work sometimes, he takes his time because he wants that person, whoever it is that he's dealing with, to understand he is God. Because I don't care who you are, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And And sometimes that takes an entire lifetime for a person to come to the place to where they understand that they need to submit their lives to the will of God. He's working on Pharaoh. We'll pick it up in chapter 8. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.